Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, new sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860 in Portland and in Texas and in Oklahoma and the Golf News Network and the 24-7 iHeart channel there on Golf News Network. Uh, we appreciate that. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also John Breaker and his crew back at Birdie Ball. Birdie Ball was named the best golf mat in 2022 by My Golf Spy. So you can find out more about that at birdieball.com. We've got a great guest today. I've been looking forward to talking with Mike for a long time. This is the first time we've ever actually seen each other. Uh, we com- communicated a lot, but this is the first time he's been on the show. We'll do that. Mike Whalen, he's the former Golf Channel VP of production and executive producer. He worked at HBO. He's won Emmys. He's, uh, you want a lot, dude. Peabody's. That's good. I, every time I, I will tell you this, Michael, every time I, I hear a Peabody award, I think of that old cartoon with Sherman and Mr. Peabody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a Peabody award, Jeff, that sits in my, uh, in my bedroom. And I, I I hang towels on it right now. There you go. So, uh, so that that that's what all these awards end up being at some point in one's life. Yes, I if you could see it. Well, I've got the green screen thing on, but if you could see behind me, I, I was in the horse business for a long time. Got plenty of awards, some nice big bronzes and crystal and all that stuff, and I put my golf hats on them. So <laughs> I, I do. At some point, you know, in the very beginning, you show them off. You take them to the clubs. And then at some point they become hangers uh, yeah. for your shirts and for your underwear and, and wet and wet bath towels. Yeah, exactly. But so, I, but, but I will say this: I, it's a pleasure hanging out with you. Uh, I've been, we've been following one another for many many years, so yes. I'm glad I'm glad we finally caught up. I am too. I'm I'm very I'm very happy about that. Very grateful that that you could uh, find the time and uh, be willing to be on this show. So, Mike, uh, let's just give a little bit of a summary here for people who don't know you. I don't know that any of the people that listen to the show that wouldn't recognize who you were, but you went from HBO to the Golf Channel. Uh, but I don't know how you got to HBO. Well, it's kind of funny. I I, I went to college at St. Mary's College in Moraga, California, the, the, the Galloping Gales. And I actually went to New York in the early, early 80s uh, to be a doctor. Uh, I was a pre-med student. My dad was with the New York Knicks, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Rochester Red Wings. He was in medicine. So I was going to follow after dad and got accepted to NYU uh, Medical School. I went to NYU 
And about six weeks before school was to start, I was dating a girl at the time who happened to be an actress in a sitcom. Uh, and I went to one of her tapings. And it was the most exciting, interesting thing I had ever seen. I sat in the control room. And that night at a party, I happened to meet the president of CBS Sports, who knew my father, who was a big shot with the Knicks, and said, hey, Mike, if you decide not to be a doctor, here's my card. Give me a call. And a week later, I said, you know what? I don't want to be a doctor. I'd rather be in that television business. And that's how I hooked up with CBS. Well, good for after you. About, after about a year and a half at CBS, uh, they made budget cuts. I, I was let go. And I got hired for a one-shot uh, fight with Marvin Hagler. And that's, those 14 days lasted almost 14 years. Marvelous Marvin. I loved him. I loved him. Um, you know, it's funny. When I was a teenager, uh, same thing. I was a pre-med student. Well, after I got out of high school, obviously, uh, down at Cal Poly in Pomona. And then I was supposed to go to UC Davis. I was going to be a veterinarian, right? Uh, something similar happened to me. I went over to Hollywood and watched them uh, film an episode of uh, The Bionic Woman. Uh-huh. And I was actually, if if you find the right cut of that, I'm actually a guy kind of a, an extra way in the back with my, I had red hair then, really gray now, but, you know, like that. And I went, oh, I like this. <laughs> so, it, 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 you know, it, it, if you, if you've never gone to see a television show production, it, it's, it's, it's dynamic. It, it's exciting. And for those of us who are sports people, there's sort of a parallel to the sports world. They work as a team. Uh, they they execute. Uh, it, it, it was absolutely fascinating to me. And I knew right then and there, I'd always been a writer. But if I could get into this business, man, this is what would make me happy. Yep, absolutely. I know my folks were kind of devastated when I said, I'm not going to be a veterinarian. <laughs> Go do something else. And they went, ah! but. They got over well, it. Well, my dad, well, hey, my dad threw me out of the house. He thought I had lost my mind. Uh-oh. I mean, how many people get accepted to NYU Medical School? I came back and I said, hey, dad, I'm going to work at for a $14,000 a year job. And, uh, and he said, you know, pack your bags and get out of here. About seven years later, you know, he put his arm around me. And he's, I knew you do it all the time, Mike. I, I you know, <laughs> I had confidence with you. But, uh, but yeah, I rolled the dice. I never imagined that I would be where I am today. Uh, but it, it's, you know, you, you, if you follow your heart, it takes you to great places. That is true. That is true. So <clears throat> I'm somewhat familiar with the uh, beginning of uh, the Golf Channel and uh, Joe Gibbs and all that, because I had a really good friend who got me started in the TV stuff who worked for the CBS channel here in Portland. All right. And he was their GSM at the time. And somebody, I don't know who it was, but somebody came into town and hit all the local TV executives and asked him if they wanted to put up $25,000 a piece to make this work. Now, and Brian's gone now, but he said, 
Yeah, he was a pretty conservative guy. He was nah, that was a little little risky for him, I guess. But uh, that's the first time I'd ever heard about it because I had heard, and this was back in the I guess the early '90s or whatever when they were they were just kind of getting going, talking about it, trying to put it together. I don't know the exact date. I don't yeah. remember, remember Mike, but uh, but that's when I first heard about it. And they said, "Oh, there's going to be a." a dedicated golf channel on cable and, you know, people kind of scratch their head and then, and then, you know, a couple of years later, there you are. And there's the crew. Yep. It's, it's well, it, it, and how I found out about it was in 1994 in 1994, I was an executive at HBO sports mm-hmm. and the gentleman whose office was right next to me, he and I, even though we didn't work together, he was the senior vice president of programming. He negotiated all of the HBO shows, uh, came up to me one day and just kind of uh, mysteriously whispered into my ear, uh, I might have something for you uh, in a couple of weeks. Now, I had no idea what the hell that meant. Oh, sure. Have, yeah, I mean, I... So I thought that Bob Greenway, who it turned out to be, was leaving HBO to take another network job and that he was going to bring me along with him. At the time, Bob looked at me as the top producer at HBO, uh, not just for the quality of what I did, but I was a very fast producer and I could put shows together very quickly. a couple of weeks later, Bob pulled me, said, let's meet for a drink. We went and had a cocktail, and he said, I've been hired to become the senior vice president of production and programming of the Golf Channel. It's going to take place in Orlando, Florida. Uh, it's back. They've raised about $65 million. And what I would like you to do is be my head guy. I want you to create the entire network. You got five months to do it. <laughs> You've got some chewing gum, some spit, and some mud instead of money. Uh, but you're going to be able to put your stamp on an entire network. Are you interested? It happened to be a horrible rainy day in Manhattan, about 15 degrees. And I said, Orlando, it's 85 and sunny. Uh, I accept the job. There you go. So, we got, so that, that's really how that's really how it happened. We're going to be right back. Mike and I will stay with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. As I said, we're on multiple platforms, multiple streaming services, multiple radio stations. You know, and there's enough of me to be multiplied several times. Anyway, we're talking with Mike Wayland today. And there's nothing like trying to do what they they handed you your assignment sheet and said, here, you've got to build all this. And by the way, you got to have it done in six hours. Uh, that must have been a bit nerve wracking. Uh, you, you know, I was so busy and so inundated for what I needed to do 
the uh, the the pressure didn't hit me from the get go. Um, you know, when I got hired, there hadn't been one person hired. There was no concept of any programming. There was nothing. There was a 50 square foot blank office in Orlando, Florida, that uh, that I had to fill very, very quickly. To give you a little backstory, when I got hired, there was two networks that were starting a niche program. The Golf Channel, led by me, I had five months and, uh, and about three and a half dollars. There was Fox <laughs> News, led by Rupert Murdoch and Roger Ailes, that had 18 months and $2.5 billion to do it. So I got hired and I arrived in Orlando in July of 94 on a flight from New York to London, which was one of my last uh, productions for HBO. I produced Wimbledon Tennis. I scratched on a cocktail napkin the entire uh, 365, seven day a week, 24 hour uh, concept of what I wanted the Golf Channel to be. So when I arrived in Orlando in July into a blank office with a huge white erase board, I just started to put down the shows, the amount of people, the sets, and I spent weeks hiring people. I was probably the most feared executive in the month of July because I was rating every single network of every available man and woman who knew about production in golf. And uh, uh, I had a bullseye on my back. I bet you did. I bet you did. Are any of the people you hired, uh, well, Rich Lerner still there, but are any of the other people still there in front of the camera? Probably some of the production people are still there. There, there, there are very few production people. Rich was not one of the original hires. He came in, uh, I believe, towards the end of '95. But but Rich is the Rich is the only guy there. I mean, we're talking about uh, you know when I walked into the office, there was about 823 demo reels in about four or five boxes of people wanting to be on camera. I ended up hiring 14 of them. I looked through all 800. Uh, I mean, you got guys like Brian Hammonds and Craig Tan, uh, uh, you know, Tom Nettles, Jennifer Mills, Rich Lerner ended up coming down. Uh, Scott Van Pelt at the time was just a production assistant. Kelly Tillman worked in the library. Uh, so, uh, I mean, Mark Lye, Tim Rosenford, I hired, uh, the biggest name at the time was Peter Kessler. Sure. Sure. Well, and Kessler had such a nice way. I always enjoyed whatever he did, whether it was the voiceover or an interview, whatever. I always enjoyed what, what Peter Kessler did. Um, I don't know him personally, but I just, I liked his work. Jeff, uh, I will say this with, with, with full honesty, without Peter Kessler, uh, I'm not sure the Golf Channel would have made it. I can see that. When we, when we flipped the switch 
there were thousands of people, uh, most of them advertisers, marketing, distributors, people who were going to invest a lot of money in this thing uh, called the Golf Channel. And when we flipped on the switch and they saw the quality of the production and they saw what Peter Kessler could do, a photographic, very inviting person, people said, you know what? I think this place has legs. Without Peter, it would have hit an iceberg like the Titanic. It wouldn't. If if what they were putting on the air today was your out of the shoot productions uh you know not worried about the sets or anything like that because they're opulent now and all that but as far as the quality of reporting and the analysis and stuff how do you think that would stand up well it, it it's well when i flew from one from new york to london i wrote down one word about the golf channel and the word that i wrote was intimate I wanted the Golf Channel to be a special place where people like you and I and millions others who love the game as much as we do would make it must-see TV. I wanted people to love to listen to Peter talk to Arnold and Nancy Lopez and Pete Dye. I wanted people to learn how to improve their game by Jim McClain's and Jim Flick's and Dean Rymuth's. I wanted people to learn how to make clubs. I wanted the intimacy of going behind the scenes and and having personalities drive it. I used to be an old fan when I was young of Larry King. And I used to listen to Larry King all night long on the radio and how the same people would call Larry every single night (laughs) in the relationship. I wanted that to be the golf channel. So the ability for people to call into Golf Talk Live or Academy Live or Golf Channel Workshop or Viewers Forum and talk to Arnold Palmer, my God, I've made people's lives for three or four years. Oh, at least, at least. I mean, uh, you would grant them something that would be only in their most profound wishes if they could talk to Arnold for example, or Nancy or any of those people. Hey, t- today it's today it's the Today Show 2.0. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, that's what it is. It's it, it's lost all of that. It, it, it lost the heart and soul of what I developed and so many fine men and women produced. Absolutely. We're going to take another break. We're going to be back with Mike Whalen. Uh, in just a couple minutes, and uh, you're going to enjoy it. I guarantee it. We'll be right back. Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. Welcome back to Grilling It's Green here on AM860 in Portland. That's our home station. Uh, And then we've got stations around the country. And like I said, we're now on the um, 
iHeart 24-7 on uh, Golf News Net channel there. Uh, we'd like to thank again the folks at Birdie Ball. Go to birdieball.com if you want to find out more about their products and also Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. Uh, as you know, I cook. <laughs> and uh, folks at Painted Hills have been with me a long time, and I really appreciate all their efforts. We're talking with Michael. Uh, the official name is Michael J. Whalen, but we're going to call him Mike tonight. And uh, it's really cool. So have the stories and the writing improved or taken a different direction at the golf channel from when you started that's what, what i think mike that's what what people don't understand about television there's a lot of writing involved uh if you not worked on it you don't understand people just don't sit down and look at the camera and go hi you know and off you go well it's it, it, you know me being a writer it was very very important that we were great storytellers as well yeah. Uh, P Peter Kessler was a fabulous writer. Uh, Rich Lerner to this day continues to be a fabulous writer. Uh, you know, we hired a gentleman from Golf Week by the name of George White, uh, fabulous writer. So the writing had to match the pictures. The writing had to be the catalyst that moved people from laughing to smiling to remembering mm -hmm. to nostalgia. So the, the writing was very, very important in the early days. Uh, you don't hear it very often today. You don't hear the documentaries like you did. You don't see the vignettes like you once did. Look, there are some talented people there. Chambly can write. Uh, Rich can write. Uh, I'm not sure who they have behind the scenes anymore. But the, the format of the Golf Channel is just not what I created back in 1994 it's just different it's run by people with very sharp number two pencils who care about the bottom line more than they do about the beauty and the love of the game yeah yeah you can you can tell that and uh it like so many things in the media business or just in life in general you know it starts out really good and you build a really good basis but after after the big dollar boys get in there, things always change, you know, then that's their, uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a inevitable. I think it's, it, it <sighs> yeah, I, 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 I guess it is. I guess, you know, everything is dollars and cents. You know, if I, if I was the president, if I was, you know, the, the president of Comcast and I was running NBC, it's the bottom line. Uh, I've got to look at what the ratings are as long as the ratings are similar as long as the uh, advertisers are still paying top dollar for 15 for 30 second spots for infomercials then it's not a really big deal to me you know yeah as it was but but there's no doubt about it that i can't sit down and graze for hours like i used to back in 1995 and i get thousands of texts emails dms a year telling me the same thing, you know, it, it's just, it's just not the same. So that leads me, Mike, to ask you this. Uh, we met through social media, so there are some very good aspects to it, but you know, we always talk about growing the game and sometimes it gets a little ad nauseum almost because it's, it's turned into a cliche for some people. And that's just my view. Okay. 
But then you get the social media platforms out there, and I wanted your take to see if they've helped or hurt the Golf Channel in particular or golf in general, because, man, there's a lot of visceral stuff going on out there. Now, it, you you said before, you know, you get lots and lots of messages, you get trolled on stuff. I'm not so sure that uh, we're doing golf a favor sometimes by all the things that are happening. We're going to get to LIV pretty soon here, but I, I just wanted your general take on that. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if social media has, has helped. Uh, and let's not just talk golf. I, I think it has to do with all the sports around sure. the spectrum. Sure. I, I think there was a time when we all, you know, kind of waited for our one or two shows uh, a night. We waited for our Sports Illustrated, our Golf Digest. Uh, uh, but now we can get it 24-7. And I think what it's done is it's given uh, an awkward permission to too many people who who just aren't qualified to give the opinions and understand the dynamics of how things are put together mm-hmm. and, and, and what it's become, it's become a, uh, it's become more of a TMZ national inquirer of shocking people of, of hating on people of uh, pointing fingers that there's not a lot of good that comes out of social media in the world of sports any longer that I see every now and then something happens, but for the most part, it's a bunch of people pounding their keys as hard as they can to, to explain why people suck. Networks suck. Uh, the future <laughs> of sports suck. Uh, you know, why people should get fired. It, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And it's a very divisive thing. Sports today is no different than the politics of the world. Right. Either you're for him or you're for him. And regardless, there is no middle ground any longer. And all of your, you know, eggs are in one basket and you're going to do everything you can to bring down the PGA Tour or you're going to do everything you can to bring down Live Golf. You're going to vote for Biden or you're going to vote for Trump. There's no middle thing. And it's really transferred into the sports world, unfortunately. Yeah, Mike, I, I couldn't agree with you more because you and I are about the same age. We grew up. I remember to talk about not about our personal politics, but I remember reading stories, uh, you know, when Reagan was president and Tip O'Neill was speaker and they would battle back and forth. But it seven o'clock they'd go sit down and have a drink together you know and 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 talk they didn't happen every day but my point is even though they were doing battle in the political arena they were still pretty cordial to each other they knew they had to come up with solutions and they did now you can reverse that and put a um you know President Clinton in office and and Gingrich and that so it's a reverse role there but they still got stuff done I'd uh, and that transfers over into sports too now, but I don't see that. I I agree with you. It's all like at loggerheads, and it's it's disappointing to me. I, I yeah, I, I you know I, I don't know when it started, Jeff. I'm trying to, to to think back. I I I I think it started earlier than 
than than the Trump era. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it, it's you know there was always civil discourse as long as I could ever remember. Hey, look, it's not a surprise. If you follow me, I'm a lifelong Democrat. I'm a Northern California boy. Having said that, I also voted for Ronald Reagan, unapologetically, because I thought he was the best person for the job back in the 80s. Yep. Uh, that, that would never be, that would never happen today. Oh, we no. Will never, we will never see crossing the aisles any longer. Uh, but as you say it's it, it's the it's the the visceral anger and hate and violence and the way we talk to one another and it, it, it's uh you know it's I, I don't think there's any of us in this industry who don't think about it one i've got to get off of twitter i've got to stop this i've got to shut off the news i've got to you know, it, it, if you listen to this crap long enough, it really starts to affect you to where I'm at the point now where I don't even care about golf anymore like I did three or four or five or six. Years. I don't care how much money people make. I don't want to hear all the background crap. I watched it to watch a beautiful shot, to watch the uh, basketball at its finest. I watched it to watch Bob Gibson throw a great fastball. I watched it to watch Gail Sayers take a 90-yard touchdown run. I yep. don't want to hear about your politics, your religion, your sexual orientation. I don't want to hear about any of that garbage. But that seems to draw the most viewers, the most followers. And people believe that the more followers they have, uh, the more important they are to themselves. And it's, it's just, you know, I try to uh, get my information by, by using common sense. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Mike Whalen in just a couple of minutes. Stay with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. We'd like to thank you all for listening and allowing us to uh, spend an afternoon with you. We're talking with Michael J. Whalen here. If you on social media, if you know anything about Golf Channel and that Michael's a preeminent part of all that. Um, I think you and I are going to get into a bigger discussion, so we're going to do that in the after hours segment. But I want to just because we don't have to take commercial breaks in that, Mike, so we can just roll Love straight that. through. Yeah, hey, I, I, that's my HBO days. Yes, absolutely. Um, give me a comparison. We're kind of backtracking a little bit, so forgive me on that. But the programming when you started and. You were you we talked about it in an earlier segment and then like big break came along and that type of stuff. There's nothing like that. Now I've heard rumors that they thought big break was going to come back. I haven't I don't honestly I don't watch the golf channel unless there's tournament coverage on. And I and I I'm a big follower of the LPGA too. So I I watch it for that. But as far as the commentaries and stuff, I I don't I don't watch that much of it that way. But in the in the programming aspect of it, has uh, 
Was there anything that they actually took of yours and ran with it and are still going with it? Uh, maybe not exactly the same, but the premise being the same? Well, their, their Golf Central show is still similar. The, the highlights, the views of, of what's going on. Uh, they've, they've taken away a few of the things that I incorporated. Uh, you know, when I walked into the Golf Channel in 1994 and I sat down at the table, I told Joe Gibbs and, and everybody else that we were going to change the landscape of the perception of what golf used to be. On all white guys, you're, you and me, 60-plus yep. uh, environment. Yep. And we were going to change that. We were going to be all-inclusive. We were going to be about golf. We were going to be about the LPGA. We were going to be about the Futures Tour. We were going to be about the, the other minor league tours. We were going to bring in people that were had a kaleidoscopic look of representation. We were going to hire women. We were going to hire uh, people of color, which uh, was a little shocking to some people in the beginning. When I hired Dwayne Ballin to host our Golf Channel Today show, uh, you know, I had come from a very liberal place, HBO, and I was going to bring that into the golf world. I think it was important what we did. I think when you turned on the television and watched the Golf Channel, there was a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah. And and yeah. and and I was absolutely shocked the response and the love and the excitement that people had on Monday nights wondering who Peter Kessler's guest was going to be or which uh, instructor was going to give you 90 minutes when he or she would have charged you $2000 an hour. I hired people that covered the LPGA specifically it wasn't a byproduct if yeah. we're going to cover the lpga and there are a lot of stars and a lot of people uh in this league and we're going to educate you teach you uh not just about what's going on in 95 but about the history as well and we're going to bring in people that know this sport damn well and they're going to uh you know, it's going to be like you just finished the 18th hole and you're sitting in the grill and you're sitting around talking about what you did and about what the greatest people in the sport have done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know how you could put a show together and not be uh, encompassing like that or a network together. Um, I understand the, you know, the good old boy networks and that, because I grew up in that as you did. But to really reach out to people, you have to be all encompassing anymore. Yeah, it, hey, it, it it was challenging for me. I mean, look, look, I it was, uh, you know, here's here's this New York guy walking in and in an Armani suit, kind of uh, laying down what it's going to be like, and uh, it it wasn't easy. I mean, you know, it was. I I had a lot of fighting to do. Hell, I put Peter Kessler who had never been on TV. I'm rolling the I'm rolling 70 million of Joe Gibbs's money by putting a guy who has never been on TV hosting your three main shows. They thought I lost my mind. It's my only employable skill is to find talent. Michael J. Whalen, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. 
anytime. I'm always around here in the, the Sunshine State willing to uh, to do something where I don't have to put my robe on at 7 p.m. There you go. There you go. We're going to be back next week with another radio edition of Grilling at the Green. Until then, um, go out, have some fun, play some golf. Uh, and as we always say at the end of the show, be kind. Take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.